0: Meditation, connecting above pain. Meditation is a time-honored relaxation technique that has been used successfully in Eastern cultures for centuries to alleviate stress and focus the mind. This technique has recently gained popularity in the United States as millions of people discover both the physical and mental health benefits of meditation while realizing that it's not as difficult as it sounds. In trauma applications, medication can help you rebuild the energy your negative emotions zap and learn to cope with the difficulties associated with trauma. Meditation is one of the easiest and most inexpensive forms of self-therapy. All you need is yourself and a quiet room. There are several variations of meditation you can perform. You should choose the steps or combination of steps you're most comfortable with and use them on a regular basis. Following are just a few of the hundreds of meditation forms in existence, or you can combine elements of different meditation programs to create your own unique method. Note, in all methods of meditation, the object is to clear your mind of conscious thought and concentrate on simply existing in the moment. Walking Meditation When you perform walking meditation, you can meditate and exercise at the same time. To meditate while walking, you simply concentrate on either the feeling of your foot meeting the earth with each step, or on your breathing, which should be relaxed and natural. Achieving concentration in order to block out thought takes practice, but the natural rhythm of walking provides an excellent starting point for the beginning meditation student. Standing Meditation Performing standing meditation is a good way to practice proper breathing, as a standing position is conducive to correct posture and fully open airways. To practice standing meditation, stand straight and comfortably with your feet pointing forward, approximately a shoulder length apart. Place your hands one above the other on your lower abdomen, and concentrate on breathing. Take slow breaths and hold for about four seconds before releasing slowly. Proper meditation breathing is done through the nose, both in and out. Standing meditation can be performed with your eyes open or closed, according to your preference. Seated meditation. This is the most popular form of meditation. In a quiet room, be seated either in a comfortable chair with your feet flat on the floor or on the floor in a cross-legged position, usually Indian or Lotus. As with standing meditation, you can concentrate on breathing and slowly empty your mind of thought. Seated meditation is performed with relaxed, open eyes focused on a fixed point on the floor, approximately three feet in front of you. Many practitioners of seated meditation use external stimuli for concentration. See Meditation with External Stimulus. Reclined Meditation Reclined meditation is best performed just before you intend to go to sleep. As often, you will find yourself falling asleep as you do it. This variant is the same as standing meditation, only lying down. The eyes are always closed with a reclined meditation. This is a helpful technique for people who have trouble falling asleep. Meditation with External Stimulus If you cannot, or would rather not focus on breathing, you might consider using an external stimulus to focus your thoughts for meditation. One traditional example of external stimuli is a mantra, a word or a phrase that is repeated either aloud aloud, or silently through the meditation session. Some of the more popular meditation mantras are Buddhist or Indian in origin, such as OM or OM. OM, no English translation. OM, MANI, PADME, OM. OM, MANI, PADME, OM. The jewel of the lotus, or Rama, Rama, a chant used by Gandhi. You can also create your own mantra with a meaning significant to you or your trauma. Other external stimulus used in meditation are candles or incense, instrumental music or recorded chants, fans or white noise machines, small fountains or recorded nature sounds such as waterfalls, bird calls, or whale songs. You can use whatever you'd like, as long as it is soothing and relaxing to you. Group therapy is more effective than most think. You may be surprised to learn that whatever type of trauma has affected your life, there is probably a support group of people who have been through the same thing and are willing to talk about it with you. Many kinds of trauma are difficult to discuss with anyone who hasn't had the same experience. Support groups are created with that truth in mind. If your trauma is a common one, such as alcohol abuse, there may be a live support group that meets regularly in your area that you can attend. Most churches, community organizations, and local newspapers provide lists of area support groups with meeting times, locations, and contact information for the coordinators of the group. If there are no live support groups in your area, you might consider forming one. You can find guidelines for forming support groups at your local library or online. Even if the support you're looking for is not so common, the internet has allowed people all over the world to connect and unite who might otherwise never have known anyone else like them existed. There are communities, forums, and private chat groups online to cover just about every walk of life, from displaced homemakers to victims of sexual abuse to reformed ex-convicts. With careful research, you can find a supportive and friendly Internet community to share your trauma with and connect on a level that would otherwise prove difficult or even impossible for someone who hasn't experienced a similar event bad luck, the biggest myth of them all. Depend on the rabbit's rabbit's foot foot, if you will, but remember, remember, it didn't work for the the rabbit. rabbit." A quote from R. E. Shea. Have you broken a mirror in the past seven years? Any black cats crossed your path lately? In nearly every culture in every part of the world, there are some things attributed to luck, the chance happening of good or bad events also known as fortune or fate. Luck is used as the rationalization for any number of seemingly inexplicable circumstances. A gambler winning game after game at a casino table is said to be riding a lucky streak, though his winnings can likely be attributed to, at least in part, to skill. A homeless person is deemed down on his luck, though there is almost certainly a concrete, albeit unfortunate, circumstance behind his tragic state. An individual for whom things always seem to go right is ascribed the luck of the Irish, and just what, pray tell, is so lucky about Ireland? Those who subscribe to the luck theory and observe superstitions such as avoiding the number 13 and tossing salt over the left shoulder when it spills will insist that it works. For them, it does work. However, this is merely a testament to the power of the mind, to persuade us to see what we wish to see. Luck works in much the same way as positive thinking. If you believe you are safe because you avoid opening umbrellas in the house or working under ladders, then you will be safe. On the other hand, if you break a mirror and convince yourself that bad luck is destined to infect you, you will subconsciously sabotage yourself and therefore attract bad luck or, at the least, chalk up unfortunate events to the breaking of the mirror instead of discovering what really happened to you so that you can prevent a recurrence of the same problem. Seven years is a long time to wait for your luck to change. Instead of rubbing the bellies of pregnant women or hoping to find heads-up pennies lying around, why not try positive thinking? You will achieve the same results and you won't have to rely on discovering four-leaf clovers or avoid stepping on sidewalk cracks. Using the power of positive thinking is as simple as believing good things can and will happen to you. You don't have to memorize a complicated set of rules or follow elaborate rituals to attract happiness and success. So toss that lucky T-shirt from high school and tap into positive thinking today. Your bad luck sentence is officially discharged. Your mind is the cornerstone of your life. A positive attitude may not solve all your problems, but it will annoy enough people to make it worth the efforts. A quote from Herm Albright. When tapping into the power of positive thinking, the most important step is to create a mindset that will allow you to think positively. Once you've cleared away the obstacles that block your path to success, you can start making decisions that shape the course of your journey. Creating a positive mindset takes training. In much the same manner as runners train their bodies to endure long periods of sustained activity, you can train your mind to sustain positive thought and naturally defer to pleasant or optimistic paths. At first, thinking positively may feel awkward or ridiculous, particularly if you're the type of person who believes perky morning people should be shot. Keep in mind, though, that it does get easier the more you do it, and eventually sustaining a positive mindset will be as natural as breathing. Like any training program, there are steps you can follow to achieve your optimal results. In this case, a positive mental outlook. You may recall that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. That's what you've forgotten already? Go back and add long-term memory to your list of habits you'd like to improve. Therefore, you should perform each of the steps for at least 21 consecutive days. You can take on one step at a time or implement the whole program. Just be sure you aren't leaving anything out. Consider this a sort of 12-step program for the mind. Aren't they all anyways? But instead of curing an addiction, we're going to create one, an addiction to forming positive and life-altering habits. Step one, banish those demons. Sooner Sooner or later, later, those those who who win are those those who who think think they they can. can. A quote from Richard Bach. When you think about it, it's obvious negative is the opposite of positive. So, in order to instill a positive mindset, you need to get rid of negative thoughts. Sounds simple enough, right? The process is an easy one, but it takes practice to make it stick. The first step in clearing negativity from your mind is to really pay attention to your thoughts. Whenever words can't, shouldn't, wouldn't, won't, not, or never enter your mind, concentrate on what you're thinking and turn it around to eliminate the negative wording. For example, your spouse and children are gone for a few hours, and you have the place to yourself. You're indulging in one of your favourite activities. In the midst of your enjoyment, you start to feel guilty. You think, I really shouldn't be doing this. I should be getting started on the project I promised someone else I'd take care of. Your enjoyment starts to fade, and you stop what you're doing, Resentful that you have to tackle this boring project when you have so little time to yourself. Does this sound familiar? The moment you hear yourself think, shouldn't, stop right there and change direction. In this scenario, you might instead think, I really should be doing this. Taking time for me is important. And when I'm relaxed and satisfied, I will be able to do a better job on that project I promised someone else. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to do something I enjoy. Try to do this every time a negative thought creeps in. The more often you banish negative ideas from your mind, the easier positive thinking will become. You will be more relaxed and receptive to positive solutions. Step 2. Draw power from words. If a picture is worth a thousand words, then a smile is worth a million. The power of a smile is incredible. Even if you don't feel like smiling, the simple act of lifting the corners of your mouth can help you lift your entire spirit and find something worth smiling about. Some of the greatest self-help advice out there comes from those who advocate, fake it until you make it. This is especially true when it comes to positive thinking, and faking a smile goes a long way towards producing the genuine thing. You may end up laughing at yourself merely because you know you have nothing to smile about. Another great thing about smiles, they're highly contagious. A smile spreads faster than a cold in a daycare. Most people can't help smiling back when someone casts a happy expression their way. This is a simple and exciting theory that you can test out for yourself. Go to any public place and start smiling at random people, and then keep track of how many smile back. Even suspicious smirking counts. You'll likely find that nine out of ten of your targets return your joyful expression to some small degree. And you've probably just made their day a little brighter, too learning to smile on demand is an important step in developing a permanently positive mindset one good technique for summoning smiles is to choose a happy memory that never fails to fill you with good feelings keep this memory at the front of your mental catalogue and access it whenever you feel the case of the blues coming on it may not solve your problems but it will at least make you smile which in turn helps you relax and take an objective look at your situation. Smiling often creates a mental cue for the foundation of positive thinking and helps prime the pumps of happiness. You should also spend a little time in front of the mirror, observing your own expressions. At first, this practice may seem uncomfortable or downright silly, but smiling at your own reflection has a positive effect on your psyche can even practice different smile variations. The amused smirk, the close-lipped, leg-pulling smile, a toothy grin, the laugh-out-loud, open-mouthed smile. Think of it as an Olympic event. It's your personal smile marathon, and you'll win the gold every time. Step 3. Lather, rinse, repeat. When developing a positive mindset, The importance of repetition cannot be understated. You can't lose weight if you don't repeatedly make good diet choices. You can't build muscle unless you repeatedly exercise, and you can't develop good mental habits unless you repeatedly practice. This is not to say you shouldn't worry about anything. Ignoring troubling events won't make them go away. It's important to face your problems, while looking at them through a positive lens. So in a way, you shouldn't worry about things. You should simply take important events seriously without getting an ulcer over it. The positive mindset itself doesn't erase your troubles. It is simply a tool to allow you to find a solution without burning yourself out through stress and anxiety. You'll find it far easier to solve problems when you can step back and Look at the situation in a positive light, and often the solution will present itself with little effort, simply because your mind is clear and open enough to notice it. The more you practice positive thinking, the more naturally it will come to you. You will find that frustrating everyday occurrences dwindle to minor nuisances and eventually cease to trouble you altogether. Keep practicing positive thought processes and you will be well on your way to a low-stress, high-energy lifestyle that will allow you to accomplish anything you desire. Step 4. Reflect and Reassess As you come to the end of your daily positive thinking workout, look back and reflect on your progress. Was there anything that seemed easier to you? Were you able to find a faster solution to a problem, that would have ordinarily eaten up a lot of time and worry, but you feel more relaxed and ready to try again tomorrow. Congratulate yourself over your victories. By reinforcing your accomplishments, you help to form the foundation of your new positive mindset and lay the groundwork for your success. Every positive thought brings you the one step closer to your ultimate goal. You will soon realize that you can do this, and you will have much greater enthusiasm as you proceed. Now that you've made some initial investments in your mental bank, you need to focus on nurturing them and expanding them, if only real-life monetary investments could be nurtured in such a way. In the next section, you will discover the fuel you need to power your mental motor into positive attitude territory. Step five, become a positive energy factory. Enthusiasm is comparable to the interest rate in the proverbial bank of your mind. The more enthusiasm, the better the interest, the more you make when you cash out. Possessing enthusiasm for all that you do is essential to the process of positive thinking. You could also consider it as a sort of octane boost for your brain. Enthusiasm Is a special type of fuel that will get you further than you would have gone by normal means on your journey to success. You will discover that the more enthusiasm you generate, the more energy you'll have to put in. There are some things it will be easy to generate enthusiasm over, and others where you'll have to stretch yourself to find what will spark your enjoyment. For example, No one has trouble generating enthusiasm for spending an unexpected bonus from work or taking a night out. However, you may find it hard to get excited about washing dishes or filling out your income tax forms. But part of the magic of positive thinking is developing the ability to find the good things in any situation and use them to get through the difficult parts. Like developing a positive mindset, Enthusiasm must be cultivated and sheltered from potentially damaging emotional storms. There are several methods you can use to put a dose of passion into everything you do, whether it's finally taking that dream vacation or scrubbing out the basement. You can choose the method that best fits whatever situation you're facing and ensure yourself the energy to tackle anything life happens to throw at you. Step six, see both sides. One of the most elemental solutions for finding enthusiasm is to focus on the benefit you will derive from completing a particular task. In some situations, it's easy to discover the benefit. For instance, you may hate wrapping presents, but you know the person you're giving the present to will be overjoyed when presented with this lovely paper-wrapped gift, and so you derive happiness from envisioning the recipient opening the present. This is an especially useful tactic when you're still up at 2 a.m. on Christmas morning trying to figure out how to wrap the bicycle you've just spent three hours putting together. Other circumstances will not have such obvious benefits. If you were to find yourself trying to change a flat tire on the side of the road in the middle of a snowstorm or a rainstorm, if you are fortunate enough to live in a snow-free climate, it would undoubtedly be difficult to find your silver lining. Under stressful circumstances, give yourself permission to think of the wildest benefit you can come up with. Perhaps you were on your way to a party you would rather not have gone to. In that case, your flat tire would give you the perfect excuse to turn around and go back home. There is some good in every situation, whether it's in the form of a benefit or a lesson to be learned. Lesson 1. Never drive with questionable tires through a snowstorm to a party you didn't want to attend in the first place. You can harness the power of positive thinking by finding that good and exploiting it, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem. Step 7. Find a friend. If you're having trouble summoning enthusiasm for a particular task, Try to seek out someone who enjoys doing that sort of thing. thus, them to partner up with you. Like smiling, enthusiasm is contagious. If you spend some time observing another person's enthusiasm, some of it is bound to rub off on you. If you don't know anyone who might be enthusiastic about what you're trying to accomplish, try going online to look up articles or blogs, web logs, which are usually personal, regularly updated online journals pertaining to the subject. Sometimes merely reading about someone else's enthusiasm can help you find some aspect of the task to enjoy and get you through it with a minimal amount of stress and anxiety and dread. Be warned it may be difficult to discover anyone who enjoys scrubbing toilets or emptying cat litter boxes. In these cases, you might be on your own. Step 8. Educate yourself. Muddling through a particular task or project can be daunting if you don't know what you're doing. If you're the type of person who never asks for directions or reads the instructions, you might be tempted to take on challenges in areas where your knowledge is limited. Even if you're not, You may find yourself faced with taking on a task you don't feel qualified to handle, whether it's filling in for someone in a different department at work or changing an infant's diaper for the first time. The more you know about what you're doing, the easier it will be to accomplish. This may seem self-explanatory, but many people don't realize that you can always find out more information. It only takes a few minutes to look up something on the Internet consult a reference book, or call up someone you know who has the experience with the issue you are facing. Gaining knowledge has other benefits as well. The more you know about a given subject, the better you will be able to focus on your goal and work toward it. You cannot reach your destination if you cannot find the path. Think of knowledge as an inside trader. As far as your mind is concerned, This isn't illegal or bad, it's a shortcut to getting the most out of your investment, and honestly, inside trading is more smart than bad, arguably. With the right set of tools, you can accomplish any task easily. Step nine, dedicate yourself to the cause. Being committed to achieving your aim is essential to generating a sense of enthusiasm. Whether you want to have gleaming white teeth or flash your pearly whites at crowds of thousands as you accept your Academy Award, you should be completely committed to what you're trying to accomplish. One way to cement your personal commitment is to outline a step-by-step plan for reaching your goals. You can do this with any task, no matter how great or small, Though you might save some time to generate a mental plan for things like washing the dinner dishes, as it might take you more time to write it all down than it would be to actually wash them. On a sheet of paper, or for a monumental task such as changing careers, at the beginning of a notebook, note your starting point where you are now. Leave yourself some space, and then jot down where you want to be and how long you plan on taking to get there. Then go back and break down the process of getting from point A to point B in detailed steps. This not only helps you to visualize reaching your goal, it also allows you to cross steps off as you complete them. Your enthusiasm will be sustained as you move further toward your goal. While you're writing things down, consider creating a contract with yourself to reach your objective. You can even ask a friend or family member to act as a witness, which will further solidify your intentions to follow through. Your contract can be a simple document stating your promise to yourself or a detailed map of the things that you will do to help yourself reach your aims with deadline dates for additional motivation and bursts of enthusiasm. Keep your contract posted visibly to remind yourself of your intentions. Every time you see it, you'll find yourself eager to achieve your goal and fulfill your contract. Step 10. Self-Motivation Ask any business owner. You'll find out that rewards are one of the most powerful motivations. People are more willing to work towards a goal when they know they will get something out of it at the end. Since your boss probably won't reward you for losing weight or remodeling your bathroom, You can plan to give yourself a reward when you meet a given goal. When selecting self-rewards, be sure to match them to your goals. This will not only ensure that you don't get tired of the same reward, but will also help you when you're planning the strategies you'll use to accomplish your aims. For example, if you'd like to spend less time watching television and more time outside or with your family, you can reward yourself with a trip to the theater to see a great movie. If you're planning to quit smoking, part of your strategy could be to set aside some of the money you'll save by not buying cigarettes and get yourself a new outfit or something you've had your eye on for a while but haven't been able to afford. Some goals come with intrinsic rewards already built in, yours for the claiming when you reach your objective. For example... If you're going to start your own business, you already know you'll be rewarded by working for yourself, possibly even working out of your home. Whether you're working for an intrinsic reward or providing yourself with an incentive, treating yourself is a great way to generate enthusiasm for the task at hand. Step 11. Raising the White Flag That's right, sometimes you should just give up. This may not be the type of advice you'd expect to find in a book about positive thinking. However, there is a specific time when you should surrender, and that is when you hate doing what you're doing. Like Like what what you you do, do. if you don't don't like like it, it, do something something else. else. A quote from Paul Harvey. Too many people end up settling for the life they think they ought to have the life others have told them to expect, or the life they believe they're stuck with. You must realize there is room on this planet for everyone. And if you're feeling trapped in a job you despise, or a living space you can't stand, you need to make a change, not down the road when you have time, or as soon as you get whatever it is you've been waiting for. But right now, that elusive someday is always going to be in the future and you can't catch up to the future. Now is the only time you have. This doesn't mean that you should drop everything and throw caution to the wind, at least not in most cases. If you're like most people, you have responsibilities that must be taken care of. However, there is always something you can do right now to cast out your net and catch someday and start pulling it toward you. Do you hate your job? Would lack the experience to get a different one? Start taking night classes or sign up for an online course. There are hundreds of accredited universities offering distance learning classes over the Internet. Is your house or apartment located in a neighborhood that started out great but is becoming worse every day and you haven't found the time or the money to move? Take a close look at your budget and see if there's anything you can do without for a few months. Or ask your landlord or bank if they have any other properties you could look into. Waiting fuels the fires of apathy. Doing something about your situation, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem, can start a chain reaction of enthusiasm that will energize you to reach your goals. You deserve to get what you want out of life while you're still here to enjoy it. Don't put it off another day because your someday is right now. Step 12. Wrap it all up with a pretty bow. Now that you've gotten the primary steps, your last one is the simplest of all. Just take the lessons from the first 11 steps, put them together, and actually go out and do them. Yeah, I know it seems like a pretty crummy step, 12. But the truth is that people are far more likely to let a book sit on the shelf and collect dust than to actually read it, and they're far more likely to merely read it than actually implement any of the tactics inside. Step 12 is go out and do it. I'm glad that you've listened this far, but I'd like to take this final step to give you that extra little kick to actually implement these steps. Feel free to put the book down and try and implement these steps before you go any further. Experiment. Try these out for a while and then come back and read the rest. Watching your investment grow. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. A quote from Jim Ryan. Now that you've made your emotional and mental investments, you will start to see the beginnings of growth in yourself and your surroundings. At this stage, it's important to nurture the tender new beginnings of your confident, positive self. You should learn to recognize the effects of positive thinking in your life and encourage the development of strong roots to anchor yourself in success. Learning how to scope the market As you practice using positive thinking, You will find that things begin to change for you. Sometimes the change is so gradual you don't notice anything at all until one day someone else tells you that you seem different. They may ask if you've gotten a new outfit, changed your hair, lost weight, or won the lottery. Tapping into positive thinking not only makes you happier, it also makes you more attractive, the kind of person others want to be around. Now that you've had some experience, you might recognize some of the common signs of positively charged people. Check out this list of things you have to look forward to. You know you're a positive thinker when your grueling drive to work goes by so quickly you wonder why it ever bothered you in the first place. The clerk at the grocery store gives you the wrong change. You point it out with a smile, and she happily corrects the mistake. You waited in line at the bank for twenty-five minutes on your lunch hour, and your life didn't end. The new parts for your family car finally arrived at the garage after a week on back order, but it was the wrong one. You were so nice about accepting the delay when the garage called that they offered you a substantial discount on your repair bill. Every time you catch a glimpse of yourself in a mirror, you're smiling and you don't think you look like a moron. You put the oven on too high and burned a dinner, then wound up having something even better than you'd planned. Suddenly, you have a lot more free time on your hands, and plenty of things to do with it, plus enough energy to do them. The last time you thought the word can't was in the phrase, I can't believe all these great things are happening to me. Positive thinking has the power to change your life as long as you believe it does. As you continue to use positive thinking techniques, you will find you don't have to put as much effort into achieving what you want. Deadly, deadly doubt. Every path has its obstacles. Along the road to positive thinking, you will find only one, yourself. Human beings have a tendency to create conspiracies against themselves and impose the self-limiting beliefs that surround them on every aspect of their lives, whether these restrictive ideals result from environment, upbringing, or a combination of influential factors. You may not even recognize your own self-defeating actions. However, the power to access the benefits of positive thinking rests solely within yourself and you are the only one that can stand in your way. Therefore, you must learn how to step aside and allow yourself to develop to your full potential. Following are some of the most common patterns of self-limiting behavior, along with steps that you can take to get out of your own way and blaze your personal path to happiness and success. You're not a psychic. Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone reading this, who does feel they possess psychic powers. But regardless of what you believe, you have no way of knowing whether or not you'll truly be able to put something off until tomorrow. Procrastination is the easiest thing in the world to affect, and one of the hardest habits to break. There will always be a good reason to put off whatever you want to accomplish, whether it's vacuuming the living room carpet or finally taking that European vacation You've been planning for years. When you realize that you're putting something off, one of the best things you can do is ask yourself why you don't want to do it. The reasons for procrastination are as varied as the people who practice it. The task is boring or repetitive. You're afraid you won't be able to handle it. The project is difficult or time consuming. It's going to be an unpleasant experience. You dread the possible consequences of seeing the task through to completion. Once you know what is stopping you from moving ahead, you can determine your strategy for accomplishing your goal and get unstuck. How do you crush procrastination in its tracks? The remedies for moving past procrastination include just do it. Remember step 12 in our 12-step mental program. I knew you weren't listening. So I'm going to say it again. Whatever the task you're facing, simply pick a point and get started. Often things are not as bad as they seem, and once you start doing something, it's easier to build up momentum that will carry you through to the end. Tell yourself that when you finish the unpleasant task, you won't have it hanging over your head and you can move on to better things. Break it up, people. Take a few minutes to break up larger tasks into small, manageable goals. For example, if you're attempting to organize your desk at work, you might pick one drawer and then get that done, and then take a break and do something else before returning for the next drawer. Meeting a series of small goals is more motivating and encouraging than trying to tackle a huge project all at once. Cut through the fluff. Prepare yourself to work through distractions when you're taking on a task. If possible, ignore the phone and definitely resist the temptation to play solitaire or check your email a dozen times. Make sure your mind is made up to do whatever it is you're doing and nothing else until it's finished. You'll feel better knowing it's done, and you'll waste less time on sideline projects. Stick to the program. Ensure you have enough time to finish the task you're starting. If you know you're going to be interrupted or run out of time before you're through, choose one part of the task to complete instead of trying to rush through the whole thing. Rushing to meet a deadline you know you can't make causes more stress and can actually make things happen slower because you're worried that you won't be able to accomplish what you've set out to do. Give yourself a break and your stress level will thank you. Expect the unexpected. Despite our best positive thinking efforts, things do occasionally take a turn for the unexpected. Delays are given in many situations. When you're planning a task or goal, it is important to factor in time in case things go wrong. Delays are a major facilitator of procrastination. It's easy to convince yourself to put things off when you already have to wait. Make sure you have a backup plan in case so you can avoid putting things off and still meet your completion goals comfortably. No means no, and that means you. The best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he wants done and self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. A quote from Theodore Roosevelt. People are always going to ask you to do things for them. That's life. Often, we are asked to make commitments we don't feel comfortable with, don't have time for, or just plain don't want to make. But saying no makes us feel even worse than agreeing to something we don't like. Women especially fall victim to the over-commitment syndrome. You should make it a habit to say no more often, particularly when you know that agreeing to take on a certain commitment is going to wreak havoc with your life, even though the little voice in your head is telling you accepting would be the nice thing to do. When it comes to your sanity, the nicest thing is to make sure you don't overextend yourself and end up performing a large number of tasks with substandard results. The first step in Learning to say no is deciding which things you should agree to commit to and which things are all right to pass on. This decision should stem from your personal priorities, the things that are important to you and your life. This is one reason why it's important to define your goals clearly when you begin using the power of positive thinking. Weigh each request against your goals and decide whether agreeing to them would move you closer or further away from your objectives. When you come to a point where you must refuse a request, there are several ways to say no without hurting feelings or making yourself appear inconsiderate. Be as honest as possible when saying no, and you'll be able to proceed with a guilt-free conscience. Need an excuse? Here are the top ten ways to say no nicely. One, no. Sometimes the best way to refuse is politely but directly. If someone in your life is constantly asking you to do things they could easily handle themselves, affirm no is the only way to get them to stop. Another approach to problematic people with frequent requests is to tell them, I know you'll do a great job handling it on your own. Two, I'm in the middle of several other projects' commitments right now. Don't be afraid to tell people, when you're busy. Most will respect your schedule and find another way to fulfill their requests for help. You shouldn't be expected to drop tasks you've already committed to in order to complete new ones. Three, I need to focus on my career, my family, my personal life at the moment. If you're going through a difficult time in another area of your life that requires your attention, don't hesitate to refuse taking on extra requests. You don't necessarily have to explain your specific reasoning for taking a pass. Just indicate that you can't do it. Four, I don't feel I'm the best person to handle that task. When you don't feel qualified to handle something requested of you, say so. Explain that you don't want to do a poor job because you know this task is important to the person asking you to do it. Chances are, they want the task done well too. 5. I can't do it, but I know someone else who can. Only use this no form if you truly know someone who can not only handle the task, but has the time to do it. It's nice to be able to offer alternative help, but only if you can follow through on your offer. Referring people to someone else who won't be able to help either will be viewed as a brush-off. The person who originally came to you will think you never actually wanted to help them in the first place. 6. I'm not comfortable. I don't enjoy doing that. Stick to your guns. If you're asked to do something that seems wrong or a task you despise doing, don't agree to it and explain why. This way, you'll be able to avoid repeat requests for the same thing. 7. I can't help right now but ask me later. Again, be honest with this statement. If you really want to help out, but just don't have the time when the request is made, let the person asking you know that you'd be happy to help out when you can. If possible, give them a specific availability, like tomorrow or next week, when you know you'll be free. If they need the task done before then, they will have to find someone else. 8. I have no experience with this type of task. This is similar to stating that you're not the best person for the job, but more significant, at least for you. When you take on a task for someone else, you shouldn't have to learn a whole new skill set just to complete one thing. However, if it's something that you were planning to learn anyway, you might want to take advantage of the opportunity to learn something new. I know that you want to have this done, but I can't get away from another commitment right now. This is a polite way to acknowledge the needs of the other person while refusing to overburden yourself. This can also open the opportunity to handle the root issue of the request in a way that is convenient for both of you. 10. No, but... If, for whatever reason, you can't commit to a request, you can offer an alternative that would be beneficial to the situation. Perhaps you're unable to perform the specific task requested, but there is another aspect of the project that you will be able to help out with. Again, this leaves your options open without making you seem callous or unconcerned with whomever is making a request of you. Practice saying no, both at home, and at work, whenever you're asked to take on more than you know you can handle. Overextending yourself can be a hard habit to break, but it is an essential step in getting out of your own way so you can accomplish your life's goals. You deserve time for yourself, and you must be responsible for ensuring your personal needs are met. You're the president of this bank. You make the approvals. In the bank of your mind, you are the CEO, and the only person whose approval you need for anything is your own. Everyone wants approval and acceptance from those we care about. However, too often we depend on approval so much that we lose sight of the most important approval of all our own. Do you find yourself agreeing just to avoid disagreeing? Are you constantly seeking out the approval of others before you make a decision? This approval addiction is damaging to your quest for improving your life through positive thinking. By feeding your approval habit, you become less reliant on your own thoughts and feelings, and therefore less in tune with your goals and what is truly best for you. Although it's nice to have the support of other people, the only person that you can make happy 100% of the time is you. How can you kick the approval habit and stop worrying about what other people think of your actions? Here are several action plans that you can follow in order to make sure your people-pleasing prowess is used only where you want it to be, not as a crutch for social acceptance. Develop a moral code. In order to avoid seeking approval for approval's sake, You have to know your own beliefs and standards. Being aware of what you believe in will help you voice your opinions and choose the right path for yourself even when others don't agree. Developing a healthy moral code is an important part of the process of positive thinking. Writing down your moral code can help to cement your ideals and beliefs and serve as a guide for your decision-making process. Think about the issues that are important to you. Do you believe family values come before everything else? Is your career important to you? Where do you stand on politics? Would you rather be vocal in your beliefs or try to make a difference in the background through voting? Your moral code should govern your actions in every situation, and you should never violate your beliefs simply to gain approval from someone else. Standing up for what you believe in can be an integral part of taking control of yourself and your life. When you stop seeking approval or validation for all of your thoughts and ideas, you become a stronger person, and the people who truly care about you will respect and admire you for it, rather than turning away. Be informed and develop your own moral code, and then stick to it. You'll be surprised at how much better you feel about yourself. You won't need anyone else to second your opinion.